0: welcome welcome to taboo topic for your hot seat edition on a rare occasion on a friday i hope you enjoy the show today today's theme is going to be should we secede from the union if so why is it worth preserving all 50 states together is it worth the fight as usual i have some thoughts i need to share out loud with you but before we get into that we're going to take a short break before we get the show started so stay tuned And now to sponsor myself, me, that's right. I have absolutely no money to be made off this. Just getting the word out. Now, if you've ever wondered where I get my Thinking Out Loud monologues from, well, I'm glad you asked because they're just my articles from my Substack newsletters. Just type in the URL at Kenjin296.substack.com. Kenjin296.substack.com. Spell the word engine, put the letter K in front of the word engine, then you get Kenjin, one word, 296.substack.com. Then you can follow me on Instagram, Getter, TikTok, and soon Truth Social at Kenjin underscore express. I repeat, Kenjin underscore express. Then last but not least, you can follow me on Facebook. Type in taboo topic in the search bar. Look for the logo that says honesty equals understanding. There's two episodes a week. I have a hot seat edition where I scrutinize an opinion or story, popular or unpopular. Do my research so to provoke thought. Remember, that also comes with an article on Substack, so don't forget about that, on Wednesdays. Then on Friday, we go over current events, where I pick two to four stories I found interesting, and hopefully you do as well. Possibly more if I have a guest. Then there's a good conversation, so we can cover as many bases as possible, so you, the audience, have less holes to fill in understanding the truth. That's two episodes a week, guaranteed, which you can listen to this show on any platform, from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more. So stay up to date and tune in. Don't forget to leave a review either. If it's less than a five star, let me know so I can better serve you. Here on this show, we dare to think out loud and question the narrative. Free speech triumphs your safe space because in order for us to think, we have to risk being offensive. If we want to have true peace in our society, we have to be able to be honest with each other. If we can be honest with each other, then we'll have a true understanding that'll lead to real peace, amen? All right, let's get back to the show. welcome welcome back to top of topic i am your host ken drew and yes folks we have to start asking ourselves this question when it comes to the state of our union is it time to submit the divorce papers because let's be frank there are days when some will see the american flag and get filled with pride only to be disappointed with how the people have taken her for granted Some days we'll get frustrated with the direction of our current political leaders are taking us in. I have been using this platform to be provocative, challenging the status quo. There are subjects that even conservatives are too afraid to address. Sentiments that people, the working class, the blue-collar workers, perhaps share. But out of political and social acceptance, they're silent. It's taboo. You know, the theme of the show, the theme of this article, the monologue. To have these opinions. However, how in the spirit of candor, honesty equals understanding, going back to the theme of the show, let's discuss the state of our union. Let's ask ourselves this question Is it worth keeping all 50 states unified anymore? I say this with a heavy heart. I'm in favor of secession. I do not know what that would look like, how it would be divided, yet we have fundamental differences that cannot be overcome. There was a time last year where I suggested using all legal avenues to avoid this conclusion. One of those was utilizing the Constitution to our advantage using the Convention of States Clause to amend it. My argument was that as Americans, we ought to utilize every legal option we have to petition to our government to hold themselves accountable. This was the alternative route by which Americans could request to amend the Constitution as written within the document itself. Unfortunately, despite petitions to have such a constitutional convention, it was ultimately up to the state leaders to enforce the people's petition. And As one might have guessed, it's not something that even red states have enforced, despite meeting the requirements for petitioning a convention of states. I understand many will disagree with this sentiment, or perhaps there's many who do agree. And if there weren't key fundamental differences... I'd argue that preserving all 50 states together is worth the effort. Yet, we have one half of the nation who has rejected God. They are largely hostile to any religious perspectives or biases when debating an issue. Separation of church and state has become anti-church, anti-God. Without a belief by by the population, there's a higher power, a God who holds them accountable, anything goes. Humanity. Which, if you recall, are fallible creatures, becomes the standard of morality and values, we have the tendency to screw up. The meter is prone to shift depending on the sentiments of the population or the individual leaders of the time. That is the difference that cannot be overlooked. The Constitution was biblically inspired, as at least 20% of the verbiage from the documents can be found in the Christian Bible. How can we compromise, then, with states that have chosen to worship a false idol? This rejection of religion playing a role in creating the nation's morals is in alignment with Marxism, wherein Karl Marx himself stated that religion was the opium of the masses. This difference is at the core of America's division. When society lives their lives according to the the belief that there is a God who holds them accountable to universal standard, it becomes easier to debate because at least the parties agree on what's considered true. The concept of my truth doesn't exist, just the truth. There will be different interpretations of the truth. However, people can agree it's the truth. The reality is that, depending on whether you live in a blue or red state, the center for what you consider to be righteous will exhibit stark contrasts. Just observe how red and blue voters discuss the issues that matter to them. What's important is different. What's concerning is different. What's appropriate response to those issues is different. This stems from the lack of consensus as who is the arbitrator of truth. That is not something to take lightheartedly. After all, if secession did occur, it would be met with force. Because of where there is land, there is money, and where there is money, there is power. One side isn't going to want to take part in the Marxist takeover of society, while the other side wants to ensure that power is kept. However, this fight may be necessary. Imagine, just imagine, if you had a romantic relationship, or any relationship for that matter, friendship, whether it's your own family member or just someone who's not related to you, blood-wise, that had a history, but yet both parties kept arguing. The dilemma isn't that you don't care about what you're arguing about, nor that you're agnostic towards the other party, but neither party agrees on the primary issues anymore. At that point, despite the history, both parties are better off going their separate ways. You submit your divorce papers because it's not healthy to stay together anymore. America could be facing that same dilemma sooner rather than later. It's just a matter of when Americans will accept this reality. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this short break. And now, to take a short break from the show to keep my promise and bring an awareness to the situation in Afghanistan, where we have about 9,000 American citizens who were left behind as a result of the disastrous withdrawal efforts by the Biden administration last year. The elite globalist leaders, the media, and big tech may have forgotten about them and would rather focus on other manners. But the reality is, we have Americans who are in harm's way because nobody wants to hold our leaders accountable. It's just too inconvenient for them. So this is a special shout out to the families and friends who have someone they know and love stuck in that country. And also to the very ones who are stuck there. You are not forgotten. And I'll keep mentioning you until there is a report. There is a concentrated effort to bring you home. And every single one of you comes back to American soil, please. If you fall into one of these categories, either you're the family friend that knows someone that's there and you want to, want to let me know how we can better help you out, please reach out. Or if you're that person that just so happens to be stuck there and you're happy to be listening to this episode, please reach out to me. You can reach out to me through my personal account on Instagram at Kenjin296. I repeat, Kenjin296. Spell the word engine. Put the letter K in for the word engine and you get Kenjin, one word, 296. Please, you are not forgotten. Uh, To my audience out there, don't forget to pray. Let's pray for their safety and their return home. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Taboo Topic for this Friday version of Hot Seat Edition. Now, don't worry, guys. Next week, we'll go back to the regular scheduling as far as Wednesdays, the Hot Seat. And Friday's weekend review, but uh, I had a special guest this up ep- this week. Excuse me, uh, a returning guest actually from the Conservative podcast, Grayson Dockery. Which, by the way, guys, real quickly, if you haven't already, go check his show out. Uh, go ahead and give him a follow on social media. It's literally the Conservator podcast. Can't miss it. Um, but he's got good stuff as well. But he joined me uh, this last Wednesday to discuss the Star Wars franchise and the direction it's going. As a, from a consumer standpoint and also from a concerned citizen standpoint as far as uh, does it go against our conscience to watch a new series such as Obi-Wan Kenobi and our love for Star Wars? Is it worth the entertainment anyway, despite its association with Disney, which contradicts our morality and our values, especially as Christians? So be sure to tune in. It's available. It came out this last Wednesday and I put it on And I decided to put the Voters Eye edition, it's a Voters Eye, but I put the Voters Eye edition on May 4th for you. Yes, it's Star Wars. May the 4th be with you. So uh, hopefully you enjoy that show. You hopefully enjoy the episode, excuse me. I hope you enjoy the show as well. But uh, be sure to tune into that, enjoy our conversation. Hopefully it's provocative, such as this episode. Every episode I do, guys, that's really the whole goal. So so today's theme, um, it's going to be provocative, as usual, because I. In the words of Jordan Peterson, uh, in order for us to think we have to risk being offensive, I I really take that to heart. And I think this is something where, even though I stated that I think that there's many people who may disagree with me, I also believe that a part of me, a gut feeling of mine, anyway thinks that there is this quiet sentiment that it's not worth keeping all 50 states together anymore. And that perhaps, just perhaps, it's time to submit the divorce papers. And I don't take that say that lightheartedly. And now, if you listen to the episode with Ryan from the last week in review, Ryan made a sarcastic remark saying, I, you know, I may get the revolution I want soon. And I told him, well, I don't necessarily want one, I think. And I, I'm in favor of it, but this is necessarily I want one. And some people may think, well, that's game of semantics now, which... Um, here's my defense to any of those accusations. I think there's a difference for between favoring something because you want to versus favoring something because you think it's necessary. And I'm in the camp that I think it's necessary. I do not want this to happen. I want to be wrong because I love America. I really do. I lived in multiple states in my lifetime. I've lived even in a blue state like California, which When I left California, the shade of blue was not that dark, considering that we had just elected Arnold Schwarzenegger as governor. Yeah, that was when I lived in California. So it's been a minute when I last stepped foot in California. But even California, as much as I disagree with the direction and the morality and the primary issues that I mentioned, or I will talk more into in just a second, it is a beautiful state and frankly, If they weren't, if we weren't so if I wasn't so far apart in what I believed was a healthy society and how a government should function, I would move back. I would move to California. I liked California. A lot of my friends in the military that I made were from California. It's just poorly managed, and the values from their people is just so off. And maybe. There's more people from California that agree with my thinking, but they're just leaving, or they're thinking about leaving California. And so now it's really becoming a hellhole over there. But despite that, I don't say it out of enjoyment. I don't celebrate the fact that I'm coming to this conclusion. That said, though, I am open, as you probably got the hint in the monologue, that I have shifted my position, I've shifted before, and, I'm, and I may shift again. We'll see in a year from now. Because around this time last year, I made the argument, because there's a lot of talk about civil war, secession, again. And I made the argument then, there's our responsibility as American citizens to utilize every avenue to avoid such scenario and use the legal system to our advantage, and I brought up a scenario such as the Convention of States. The Convention of States, the other way to amend the Constitution to perhaps clean out the house that's corrupting our current system right now, that's letting these corrupt leaders free from accountability. And despite despite the fact that we there has been almost every red state I don't know the exact number, so don't hold me to this, but almost every red state has met the threshold to at least have a convention to say when it comes to the citizens signing a petition. It's just the red states, the red, the governors and these red states won't enforce it. Now, I'm not sure. I only say a red states because that's the only one I know. I'm not sure what's going on in these blue states or even purple states such as Wisconsin or Michigan, Pennsylvania, Which, I'm proud to say that I can rest assured that Florida is now a truly red state at this point. (laughs) Uh, In part, actually, 100% thanks to Rob DeSantis. And, partially, uh, the insanity of the left at this point. However, all of that said, even though I have different values, I care about the people in California still. I care about the people Colorado. I visited Colorado. I like the people of Colorado that I met there. They were super nice people. As a matter of fact, I would say they're a close second or a tie as far as the nicest people. Right next to just the whole southern belt. Southern hospitality. You can't beat it. But Colorado sure damn near close comes close. All right. I enjoyed my time in Colorado, the little time I spent there. And it's in my bucket list to even visit all 50 states, assuming we don't get to the point of, as I mentioned, and favoring secession. I hope it doesn't get to that point. I don't want to get to that point. I want to be wrong. Prove me wrong, America. Prove me wrong proving we can at least come together and agree on some primary manners again. What makes America America? And it's interesting because I had a conversation with someone. I did a crossover, by the way. If you want to check out Luigi with the show Agree to Disagree, be sure to check that out. That was a great conversation, but also I brought up the point that if a nation, if the people in these states Cannot even agree on what's important anymore. Primary issues. Then what is holding you together as a nation at that point? It's one thing to disagree about secondary issues like taxes. I'm in favor of flat tax rate. You you may disagree. You may be in favor of of the current progressive tax rate. Hell, you may be in favor of the wealth tax that's a secondary issue to me. That is a secondary issue, I think, period. That's not worth seceding or demanding that you go your separate ways. But when it comes to the morality aspect and what your morality is founded on, you have one half of the nation, as I mentioned, that has embraced secularism, more or less, and has rejected any sense of religious values, any religious influence, which our nation's religious influence comes from Christianity. That was our foundation, whether you like it or not. That is our foundation. You have one half of the nation that doesn't want it, the other half wants it, or at least is a lot more open to it. And when you can't even agree, On who is the arbitrary of truth, the arbiter of truth. You can't agree on anything because one side doesn't believe in this universal standard that everyone needs to abide in, that everyone is accountable to certain standards. While the other side does believe in that. One doesn't, the other one does. I mean, you can't even agree on what truth is. Then you're living in a scenario where you're living in these alternate realities. And here's the thing. I haven't seen many on the right say, we don't want you to come to the table and have these conversations so we can actually agree on something and actually have these debates. If anything, the only people I've seen right now, based on my observation, and you may get upset, this is a generalization, but this is just being honest. This is what I'm observing. And I hope that I meet more people that will make me change my mind in the future. But until then, my observation is that the left does not want to have these conversations. And if you don't want to have these conversations, then let us go. Let's go our separate ways. Just imagine, like I said, that you're in a relationship, despite its history. If you kept arguing about the issues that are important to you, You can't even agree on what's important and what keeps a family or relationship together. Isn't it healthier to just go ahead and move on instead of just trying to stick it out? It becomes an unhealthy scenario. America, as a result of this, is having an identity crisis. We don't know what is America. We don't know what defines American culture anymore. We used to. And that's despite the different backgrounds based on our immigration from European to Latino, Latino to Africa. That's despite the immigration and the melting pot, we had an identity. The identity was the belief that there's a higher power in a God that holds people to a universal standard, a genuine general consensus, even though I understand there's going to be people who don't believe in God, I get it. But you have to admit, that's where the influence came from. As I mentioned earlier, twenty at least 20% of the Bible, excuse me, 20% of the Constitution can be found in the Bible, the verbiage. You don't have to believe in God to understand that's our main influence. And the second part was obviously the Constitution. That is what made America, America. That's what we agreed upon. And when you agree on the first part, it becomes a lot easier to to debate someone. It makes it easier to have a conversation with someone. Because like I said, at least you agree on what's true. Yes, you're going to have different interpretations of the truth. And I think many people have... Turned this whole mind truth scenario what really is different perspective or different interpretation of the truth. The truth is the truth no matter what. Such as abortion for example. Let's use abortion for example because abortion I think is one of those issues that could make or break America. It could. I could be wrong. I am one man. I am a fallible human being. I've been wrong before. I'll probably be wrong again. I know I'll be wrong again at least within the next two weeks even. But let's use abortion for example. Look how far apart we are when it comes to our beliefs about abortion. It is the one issue right now in America where it's just as divisive as slavery was during the 1800s when America was a younger nation. And that broke that country. But even then, there's that general consensus anyway. That there is a God. And that they were going to try to be on God's right side. Even Say what you want about the South and the Confederate states anyway, the slave states. In their mind, they were trying to be on the right side of God. It was wrong. But that was their interpretation of the Bible. That was their, their interpretation of the truth. It was a wrong it was a bad interpretation, <laughs> but nonetheless there's that general general consensus. and obviously the North won, the free states won, and thus now we have a new consensus because of our religious foundation, because of religious influence that we all agree that slavery is wrong. Well, we can't even agree if there's two genders, guys. We can't even agree if whether or not men and women are biologically different. We can't even agree if children, children, should be sexualized. And I was talking to Luigi on the Agree to Disagree podcast. I was telling him the story, and I told my editor Maddie uh, this story about when I was a kid and I was young and dumb, and I convinced my friend and I convinced another friend to put fingernail polish on to join our club. The next day, the next day, when he went to school, the school, the teacher took him to the nurse, and the nurse removed the fingernail polish, and then the nurse called the dad. The school called the parents. Imagine if that took place now. They would probably keep that hush-hush, first and foremost, unless you're in the state of Florida, thank God. At least, legally speaking, they're required to. But imagine if that took place now. They may even give him hormone bloggers, and he was in the second grade. Could you imagine? And I'm only 26. Just imagine the shift. How fast have we shifted in morality and what's considered to be true? And again, it just stems back from the lack of consensus there's a God who holds people accountable to a universal standard. Listen, I want to be wrong. And I don't know how it would be divided either. I would imagine it would probably be divided into similar to the last time. At least... Well, so much last time, add on a few states, states like Kentucky, which I don't know if people like, even though Kentucky was a slave state, they actually fall alongside with the union. So we add states like Kentucky, uh, West Virginia, maybe North Dakota, South Dakota. It would be really hard to divide it up, to be honest. And like I said... The federal government is just not going to let that go. And so I understand what I am, I am implying. This, w- w- this would be the ultimate result. But. We have to ask ourselves. Is this war necessary at this point? And if you can't even agree. If words do not work. As Dave Chappelle says. The first Second Amendment. Is there in case the First Amendment doesn't work out. But if words. Are not working out. If we cannot agree. On what's the primary. Issues of what makes a country. A country anymore. The only other option is. Force. Violence. That's the only other measure. And this solution. This idea anyway. There is no. Peaceful. Secession. The federal government's not going to tell those states who secede in a hypothetical world, let them secede without at least having to say so, or at least putting some physical effort to keep that land. Because where there's land, there's money. There's a reason why the presidents, the early presidents of the United States, were so keen on expanding westward. It's not a coincidence. Because they knew the more land we had as a nation, the more powerful we were. And the more powerful we were as a nation, in theory, we were going to be more secure from foreign invasion. Which, it's worked out. We haven't been invaded. Not since the War of 1812 with the, against the British. The only war we've had since is the Civil War, when we fought against each other, but no invasion. Now, I understand we got attacked on nine eleven, but it wasn't an invasion either. We didn't have a, we didn't see airplanes dropping bombs all over the United States and infantry members from Afghanistan or Iraq or uh, anyone from the Middle East trying to take over our country. That has not happened. Every war we've had has been overseas. And I know for some people, this may be sensitive because we've, the idea of war. We're really drained about the idea of war. I am too. And that's why I state that I hope I'm wrong. I do not. I want to change my mind. But next year, I hope to change my mind. But we have to ask ourselves, in this scenario, is this war necessary? As of right now, Yes. That's where I stand. Where do you stand? Do you agree with my monologue? Do you agree with anything what I'm saying right now? Am I making sense to you? Let me know through the social media platform if I'm making sense. Or if I'm not making sense and you think I'm contributing to this QAnon conspiracy theory and you know creating a coup to overthrow the federal government, you can let me know too. I don't care. If I'm pissing you off, chances are I'm probably doing something right. It's ironic because 10 years ago my beliefs would have not been considered extreme, QAnon. But that's just to show you how far we've gotten from what we consider to be right and wrong. Literally, it's a right-wing extremist A bigot position to be against children being sexualized. To the point we actually have a corporation called Disney. Insistent upon injecting their ideology. Their LGBTQ ideology. Onto children without the consent of the parents. Or without at least taking the parents concerns. Concerns. at least taking the parents' concerns, anyway, into consideration before they go ahead and push their agenda down. So much for the shareholders, Disney. But, again, if we can't agree on that, these are primary issues. Issues such as whether or not children should be sexualized and whether or not children should just be left alone to be kids That shouldn't be a debate. Parents being informed of what's going on with their child's health shouldn't be a debate. Two genders shouldn't be a debate. Abortion shouldn't be much of a debate. (laughs) Notice I said much of a debate. I understand there's some nuance. And actually, if you listen to the Agree to Disagree podcast, you'll hear the nuance that uh, Luigi and I discussed. But... Imagine, imagine if we—if you can even agree on that—but you're forced to live together in the same household. <laughs> Why be forced to stay together? That's all I'm asking. Why be forced to stay together? Again, am I making sense to you? I love. I love America with all my heart. But I cannot support an ideology, an agenda that I think is purely satanic, frankly. It is an agenda of death. And I think, from a spiritual point, kind of pivot back to the spiritual sense, this is a war between God's kingdom and hell. The kingdom of Satan, which he rules this earth. And he has his way right now with at least half of the U.S. population and frankly, probably half of the Western world. that's the spiritual war we're experiencing right now and that's part of the identity crisis in America once again a civilization of death a satanic agenda versus god's kingdom and some people will say well not everyone believes in god ken not everyone why should people be susceptible to a religious uh morality why should you why should you impose your religion or your morality, based on your religious bias, onto everyone else. I alluded to earlier. If you understand the West as a whole, even the foundation and the laws, the morality that it is enforced comes from Christianity. That's where it stems from. So morality is already being imposed on everyone. So as a matter of fact, every law. Has a moral standard that's being imposed on everyone else. I can't just go to my neighbor's yard and burn his front yard and not face legal consequences. Someone, society had a discussion about whether or not that was right or wrong at one point and decided that was vandalism and it was a moral compass that should not be a moral contract a social contract if you will that should not be violated therefore someone ought to be held accountable at that point so don't come and tell me don't impose your religion on me especially when it comes to abortion i I love when pro-choice advocates start telling me to not impose my religion or my morality on them when the last 50 years the their ideology their worldview has been imposed on All 50 states of America, no state, despite, let's say, the vast majority of the people, or the majority of the people in these states, disagreed with abortion. They thought they ought to have the right to at least ban it outright. Someone else's morality was imposed on them to where they couldn't ban abortion. So don't come at me and tell me, don't impose my morality on you, because you already did it. You just don't like it when it's my bias, my idea of right and wrong being imposed on you. Everyone, it's an opportunity cost. Everyone's going to have to, I guess, for lack of a better term, sacrifice what they believe to be right and wrong to an extent. Because as I mentioned, you you have to pick what you consider to be right, no matter where the bias is coming from, or where the main source of that morality is coming from. You have to pick and choose. And sometimes your side, your argument w- may win, and sometimes you may lose. And right now, at least in America, it seems like the conversation of abortion when it comes to pro-life and at least restricting abortion, common sense abortion laws, like you should not be able to have an abort, be able to have an abortion after the first trimester at least the general consistent with the pro-life movement agrees with that that should not be the case that should be and that should be the state's right but that's an example of morality a society coming together at least the people in the in their state in their culture coming together and discussing debating how to approach a certain moral issue, moral debate. However, however, right now we're at a point, like I mentioned, that we cannot agree on where and who is the main source of truth. And I'll tell you this before I end this segment and we close the show out. If you leave... To humans to be the arbitrary truth. And you teach that there's no absolute truth. There's no God or higher power even. That holds everyone to a universal standard. This is the bullshit you deal with. I know contradictory. I know I curse. I get it. I'm working on it. But it's the reality. Come on. Think. Let my people think. All right, stay tuned. We'll be back after a short break to close things out. Welcome back. Welcome back to Taboo Topic. I am your host, Ken Drew. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was provocative as usual. In order for us to think, we have to risk being offensive. Uh, as I mentioned, go ahead and give the Conservative podcast a listen from the crossover we did on Wednesday with the Voters Eye edition. Uh, give Ryan also the, from Between the Liars a listen on his show, Between the Lies. Like I said, you can find him literally just type in Taboo, not Taboo, <laughs> Between the Liars, Save the Conservative podcast, same thing. And also the Agree to Disagree show, the ones I was talking about. Uh, during my actual analysis of what I think is going on in America. I agree to disagree show, so be sure to check all those shows out. And by all means, guys, uh, thanks again for tuning in today's show. Thank you for giving me your time of the day to listen to what I have to say and my rants and my uh, analysis and really really just trying to understand the world around me. I guess that's all we're trying to do is trying to understand what the hell is going on around because there's a lot of crazy things going on. So uh, with that said, folks, until next time, Uh, Have a great blessed weekend. Until next time, God bless.